everyone and welcome to Room. We talk about things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 242, we're discussing our prelude to The Mandalorian Season 2 and DC Future State. I'm one of your hosts, Tim. I'm Troy. And I'm Carlos. Oh, guys, welcome back. Feels good to be back in the seat talking Mandalorian and DC Future State this week. Guys, we are running full speed into the debut of The Mandalorian Season 2 on Disney+. Plus, Guys, we've been counting this down for quite some time, but it feels like almost unbelievable that it's actually at our doorstep here. And we're going to see this first episode of Season 2 in, in just a couple days. If you guys are listening to this on Day of Drop, it's tomorrow, guys. It's the end of this week, October 30th, and then we get eight straight weeks of The Mandalorian exploring all these little threads that they left dangling from season one, bringing in new characters, hopefully, and expanding the lore of the Mandalorians here, guys. Hype level is at 100 right now, and we're about to pump it up to 120 before the end of this episode. And guys, we're also going to dig into DC Future State, a line-wide event that DC is dropping here. Carlson Troy have done deep dives into this. Got all the info for you guys to keep you up to date on what DC is bringing us. It's another unique spin on an event too, and I'm excited to hear our opinions and what we're going to talk about here in just a few minutes. Guys, we're also going to touch a little bit on Moon Knight casting and Spider-Man 3. It's been something we've been chronicling for the last few weeks and it's just started shooting down Atlanta. And so we're going to talk a bit about that and also talk about what we think the title of this film could be. And given that it is filming and you got Tom Holland on set, leaks are imminent, guys. Leaks are imminent. <laughs> so very exciting week in Nerd. And before we just get quickly to our week in Nerd, just got to talk quickly here. Get Vocal live stream, guys. We had a great time last Friday talking yep. about Holy Grail collectibles. We had the whole crew at the table talking with a lot of people in the chat. It was an absolute riot. We had a blast. A few drinks, talking toys, talking everything. It, uh, More than it was a few. Yeah, I was a little sore the next day. <laughs> I can tell you that. <laughs> but you can check out that live stream over at Get Vocal. Just type in The Nerd Room. You'll find the live stream there. And if you really just want to listen to podcast style, it is currently in the feed. We dropped it on Tuesday, which would be two days ago if you listen to this on the day of release. But it's in the feed. Just go back one episode. List it as a bonus episode so you can hear the audio version of that. It was an absolute blast. And last but not least, just a quick pump to our retro film review, G.I. Joe Retaliation. We took a little bit of a break from our regular scheduled programming last week and did our listener choice retro review, G.I. Joe Retaliation. We also had a really good time with that one as well. The movie maybe didn't live up, but we certainly had just a great time on the mics, breaking it down, discussing it, poking a little fun here, little fun there. We gave it an absolute fair review. And it's a great listen. You know, whether you've seen the movie or not, I think you could probably jump straight into that one. And then just hear our thoughts on that, guys. So go back and check that out as well. All right. With all that out of the way, let's get into it, guys. Let's get into our weeks in Nerd. We've got kind of two weeks to cover here. We touched a little bit on a few things in our Get Vocal live stream last week. But let's bring it to the table, guys. Troy, my man, Craven the Hunter. Yes, sir. What have you been up to in the last couple weeks in Nerd? Oh, well, man, let me tell you, first things first, you know what? You guys are talking Mando hype. You guys are talking future state hype. But it's Tuesday. It's October. And it's the season premiere of This Is Us Season 5. <laughs> let's go. Yeah. <laughs> I'm with you right there, man. I told you. Yeah, I'm with you. Oh, man, that's, that's the show right there, man. We can, we can do a whole breakdown on that show. So, um, 
No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because in in the DM, Carlos said, "Hey," or I don't know, it might have been text message, or whatever. He said, "If you if we get started early enough here, and we get going, we get through this, you know, nice and, and quickly, you guys can get to the This Is Us premiere." <laughs> I know. If you guys want to do a show. Mrs. Goddamn Batman can take the seat, and uh, <laughs> you know, I'll take a night off. Got to keep oh, the yeah. the Batfam Iron Man streak going, though. <laughs> yeah, you do. <laughs> Love that show. Love that show. But um, no, man. I mean, yeah. I guess two weeks to cover. Um, get vocal. Um, you know what it is. We we mentioned the little things there. Um, I'm sure Carlos will get into it, and Tim will too. But um, the Mando, man. You know, we're in the month of Mando. Got that Mando hot toy, and. Oh. Um, Man, it's fresh, dude. I, I really, really like this thing. I um I want to keep it in one pose locked, but um I'm having a lot of fun playing around with this guy, so I don't know what to do with him. But he's 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 a blast. The comic books though, man, I finally picked up quite a bit of comic books. Uh Nightwing seventy five, um, and also the Marvels, well, Spider Man. Amazing Spider Man number fifty. <laughs> Nick Spencer. Um, you know what? No spoilers. I, I've been beating up this guy for quite some time uh on the Spider Man book. And I don't. I won't spoil anything. But the kindred reveal. I gotta say, you know what? It kind of works for me, Carlos. It kind of works for me. But fifty issues to get here is ridiculous. Fifty <laughs> issues. <laughs> I had no business taking this long, especially when you're coming off the events of um, Dan Slot's Spiderman eight hundred and seven ninety nine. Um, you know, like like Tim's uh, great point. You know, for a comic book. You know, you got like one run or one issue, is it? That's your golden rule. Yeah, I would say you got one issue to hook me. It's like a TV show or a trailer. If you can't, if you can't hook me in the first episode or the first issue, yes, you you gotta you gotta hook line and sinker people. You gotta suck them in and get them committed because they can't depend on guys like you guys that have been following Spider Man forever to be. You know what I mean? They gotta be pulling new people in. Two years, man. (laughs) Fifty issues. Fifty issues. I stuck with this thing, and uh, the reveal was it kind of worked for me. They teased one way, which was like, "Whoa, if they go this way, Nick Spencer is like the worst writer ever to hop on a Spider-Man book." But they didn't go there, so it's cool. Um, So I kind of like where they're going. It just took a long time to get here. Um, X-Men, X uh, Swords of Create, or was it X X of Swords? I always get mixed up. X of Swords. Um, it's a weird we're talking about tongue this. twister. <laughs> it's a weird one. Carlos and I were talking about this on Get Vogel for a minute. And uh, you know what? I got to say, I'm still I'm still sticking with it, man. There were some weird liberties they took with the um, Excalibur crew. But, um, or the, or the, or the, um, the uh, Captain Britain corpse. That yeah. was a kind of a little weird turn. But apart from that, um, I'm digging it still, man. I like the X-Men 13 with Apocalypse getting his uh his sword or his quest for a sword so basically some mutants are you know basically getting a sword to enter this tournament to fight against the people of akoa uh, and um i'm still all in man so the comic books have been great uh back to the figures i picked up uh the deadpool dual pack for the fox x-men universe uh line who comes uh, in the that marvel pack? legends is out it's uh what's her name Nem- oh, was it atomic negasonic negasonic teenage warhead yeah so she's in there and um it's it's a pretty cool pretty cool setup man i got pretty much that whole line except for uh the logan which is the only one i'm missing but i'm uh, i'm okay with that and um i think that brings me to the end of my pull list man i yeah i think that's really it sunny shout out to sunny sunny got my uh my uh revenge of the sith steelbook so Ooh, nice. uh, that's coming through and i'm looking forward to getting my hands on that thing finally yeah, man, the Man of Steelbooks isn't here this week, as you guys uh, 
probably have picked out right now, but he will be back at some point in the future. We still don't know why he's not here, but uh, he's, a, he's an elusive little guy. So maybe he's uh, trimming that mustache. <laughs> <laughs> he's, so, he's out uh, trying to get Pokemons. <laughs> oh, yeah, the greatest rivalry. Guys, to be honest with you, <laughs> last week the rivalry, the greatest rivalry in the history of the Nerd Room kicked off in a hard way, in a big way with the G.I. Joe retaliation. And it continued into Get Vocal, even though Sunny wasn't there. And it's it's become Troy and I's just just favorite pastime is Awkward watching. Moment, man. Yeah, man, just yeah. watching these two lob yeah. missiles at each other. Shots fired even this week on Twitter. It was great, Carlos. <laughs> well, yeah, and I wasn't talking out of school. It was uh, Big Jared there looking out yeah. for uh, his teammate with the Titans. But yeah. uh, what I've got to say, man, like. Sonny called in the backup with Jared there, and so uh, my boys Deathstroke and and the OG goddamn Batman uh, teamed up against the Titans just this Sunday. <laughs> it was like we recorded that get vocal session, and they're like, "We got you, we got you." <laughs> <laughs> you had you had a big reveal on the get vocal, actually, something that that showed up in your doorstep, and you you kept us hanging until that, and you did a live reveal. So if you guys want to see that, you can uh, you can elaborate here a little bit, Carlos, but to see it in its full form and its live reveal and our reactions, head over to the Get Vocal video that is posted on the website there. Yeah, yeah, and um, it also scratches off one of my uh, nerdier resolutions, and anybody who wants to see it uh, in its full glory can go over to the NerdRM on Instagram and check out the pictures I posted there, but I had the beautiful sideshow one quarter scale Mr. Freeze p- premium format statue show up. And uh, yeah, he was fresh out of the box when we recorded that thing, but man, he's glorious. Like they did a really cool, like it, it's neat with the one line of um, DC statues. They kind of do these idealized versions of the characters where it's like, we like this from the animated series. We like this from the movies. We like this from this comic book artist. We like this from this artist. And these elements are just classic. And they kind of marry them all together to form a perfect version of their characters kind of thing. So, um, yeah, this Mr. Freeze has a little bit of everything. He's kind of got the oversized freeze gun, like the Batman Arkham style. But he's got the smaller body and the sleeker armor, kind of like Batman the Animated Series. Like beautiful little details all over him like they did an amazing job with the with the paint and like doing these little frosted areas along the piping and the metal parts of his outfit and then the base is these big spikes of ice all over the place and there's a piece of batman's cape that's been broken off and encased in ice cool. and a battering in there and i was lucky enough to get the exclusive version that comes with the nora freeze snow globe that kind of pairs with this thing and then it actually has a little light in there that you can turn on and light up nora but yeah it's awesome well and and that's the thing that i don't have a full appreciation for yet with things like hot toys and these sideshow collectible statues and that is i bet you could probably stare at it for an hour and still pick out new details like like, that's just the minutiae of the focus that they have on these things it's just incredible yeah like these ones these ones really speak to me like they do ones that are kind of more actiony and more dynamic and have a lot more going on but i kind of like the more museum pose statues because they do quite a bit of work with embedding a story into the piece that you Mm -hmm. tell yourself based on the elements that are in there and uh yeah like when they get it right like 
Yeah, you just sit there. It's like, is this Freeze like heading into battle? Has he just taken out Batman? Is he, you know, finally gonna like? I I just I love that kind of stuff and playing with that in my head kind of thing. So, yeah, uh, it, it's a it's a special piece. Like I I do love Mister Freeze and I am pretty picky with the statues, which is why I hadn't got one for a minute kind of thing. But uh, yeah, he he looks cool. He looks cool and he inspired. Uh, the other half of my weekend nerd, which is uh, rejiggering a bunch of shelves, and <laughs> you've gone down a path, man. Coaching me, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we're gonna have to revamp the back cave here. Yeah, man. And then, uh, yeah, the only other thing that I kind of touched on and get vocal um, was uh, actually there's a couple things. So, Mister Freeze comes, and then that inspired me to all weekend, and I'll touch on it because like people were kind of interested in it when i posted about it on twitter but man i fell down the rabbit hole of trying to replay the sega genesis adventures of batman and robin game because mr freeze yeah yeah yeah, yeah. freeze is like the main antagonist in that game and it's kind of like this quasi contra style game i don't know why you do that with batman and robin but it's like you have their weapons so it's like batarangs or throwing stars or bullet snares and just waves of enemies kind of thing and going through these levels in this quasi like shooter type game but it is impossibly hard. <laughs> and because I didn't have a ton of games when I was a kid, like I played this one a lot and I used to be able to make it through in one continue. No more, man. Like it took me all weekend to finish this game and I was cheating like you wouldn't believe. It's like, oh, beat three guys. Nobody hit me. Time to do the save state thing. And yeah, then yeah, yeah. Start, Load. <laughs> start from there and then go forward for another three guys and save yeah, again. Man. It's like, <laughs> Oh, it took me forever. I was just like, I, I don't know if my like reactions are just getting worn down or what the yeah. deal is. But I was like, I have no idea. I used to be able to just yeah. grab bats and start picking up those green discs and be able to waltz right through that game. Because yeah, that ain't happening anymore. Kind of thing. The, the but, thumbs uh, aren't what they used to be, man. It happens, man. Like my thumbs after 25. Come on. I can't do Contra <laughs> at all. Oh, I know. <laughs> Street Fighter is taking a turn, Listen man. To you guys. <laughs> uh, we ain't going to be able to make it. We're going to have to go on the seniors tour of the Major League major league Gaming there, brother. No joke. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, I don't know why. Like, I, I just kind of threw out a post about that. But people, <laughs> people came out of the woodwork from everywhere. And they're just like, oh, tell me about it. Like, some of them were impressed that I was able to finish that game when I was a kid. And other ones were just like, yeah, man, we get it. <laughs> there's no play in those old games once you get nope. past a certain age no nope. that's hilarious yeah <laughs> so yeah there was that and then the other thing that i touched on and get vocal was i picked up the batman death in a family uh blu-ray and uh it's really cool well worth your time like it cost me like less than 20 bucks canadian kind of thing but uh they did a really good job of it it had like seven different endings by the time I finished playing around with it and tons of different divergent paths. Like they certainly build it off of the, the core of under a red hood, Mm -hmm. but they give you a bunch of different turning points. And regardless of where you take the story, the animation is done in the same style. Um, Bruce Greenwood still does Batman's voice. I don't think they got Jensen Ackles to do Jason Todd again, but the guy sounds pretty close that they did get. Joe DiMaggio does the Joker again. And there's so many different turning points. Like right from the beginning, it's like Batman saves Robin, Robin dies, or Jason escapes kind of thing. Cool. And Bruce doesn't know about it. And then, yeah, you kind of work your way through. Each time you go through, it's kind of 10 minutes to 
half an hour plus. And then when you hit the credits, it actually pulls up a bar at the bottom and you can go back to any of the decision points and take a different turn. So ah, you can right go on. back to the one just immediately before, or you can go to one like right at the warehouse explosion kind of thing and start again from that branching path. But they do some cool things and they nice. took this. There was a ton of endings that I did not see coming from a mile away. Like there's cameos galore. Nightwing? We got Nightwing? Well, buddy, I don't want to. Uh, but he was in the original movie, right? Well, yeah, because Neil Patrick yeah. Harris did his voice, right? In the in the original. Yeah. So yeah. 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 So okay. like they'll re they do revisit that bit of it and yes. one stream, and then there's another stream where they kind of touch on Jason's journey and whatnot. But it was cool. Like they did a really good job of it, and more than anything, the storytelling was compelling. Like you could tell that their their motivating factor was like want to do this how do we make it worthwhile and give the story some integrity kind of thing so yeah they did some neat things jason's getting a lot of love these days man red hood shoot yeah man this is here man yeah Yeah, that's awesome it was good and and the shorts that are on there phenomenal so it's like honestly even if uh, death in the family wasn't as good as it was like the quality of animation and storytelling in like four out of the five shorts that they give you second to none and nice. you got everything from Sergeant Rock to Death from Sandman. So, yeah, highly recommended. Make sure you buy the disc version if you want to do the Choose Your Own Adventure deal with uh, Death in the Family because the digital version is just the mainline story beginning to end and then the oh, no. shorts. Yeah, so I, I guess the digital disc doesn't work that way. But Okay, yeah. good to know. Yeah. Awesome. All right, salute to physical media then. All yeah. right. <laughs> Sunny one, one time. <laughs> one time. Yeah. Well, well, to cap it off for for me this week in our weekend nerd, it's uh, I guess I gotta ask you guys a question. When does Kijiji just become the way I do my hunt? Like, <laughs> you know, I I often say ah, I took a dip into Kijiji this week, but that's been consistently how I have provided new things for the nerd room here, and that's where my hunt has been focused and where it continues to be focused. To be honest with you. I, uh, I did a little reveal on, on Get Vocal as well, and I showed off one major acquisition, one holy grail acquisition, and that was the Ghostbusters 1987, the real Ghostbusters, the Fire Hall, the playset. Got my hands on it for a steal of a deal. Mint, it's missing two pieces, which I can source shouldn't be a problem. It's missing the little sign out front and the fire pole. But the big thing for me is the tower itself is is minty fresh, and it is just another great piece to add to this ever-growing Ghostbuster collection that I am currently amalgamating here in the nerd room, and I'm absolutely freaking loving it. And I took one more step further. I got the Ecto-2, also from 87, and that's the helicopter that was in the TV show. And it's basically the helicopter. And it's got like a little trigger on the back of it and a handle and it spins the blades. Cool. And I was at a small toy show just a couple weeks ago and I saw one that was pretty beat up. And And I think I mentioned this on Get Vogel and I hadn't seen it for like 20 years. And then it popped up a couple of days later on Kijiji and I was like, yep, scooped it up. And funny enough, because I've been doing a lot of this stuff and talking to my parents a lot about it and sharing this experience with them, which has been a lot of fun. But last night or yesterday, they started sending me some photos. They've been going through some old photos and they found a photo of like three-year-old me with the fire hall and the Ecto-2, the chopper, like in the picture beside me. 
and <laughs> so it was cool. like the timing was just just almost haunting that I basically get these two pieces and as they're going through photos, they send me one with those two pieces in it. So I'm going to post them on Instagram for everyone to see right as the show drops, but it's it just such a cool experience. And like the nostalgia is, is so real right now. And to have that, that confirmation through photo and to, like, it, that's really cool. Instead of just <laughs> dropping the photo, you should do a recreation. My mom like, wants me to do one so yeah. bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, bad. Tim yeah. playing with the same toys in the same position. <laughs> and I, I promised her that I would do it for sure. The thing is, there's a, a photo in the photo. I'm watching a movie or a TV show or a cartoon. And my mom said she's taking a magnifying glass to figure out what the movie is that's sitting on top of the TV. Because I want to put the same TV show on in the background. <laughs> But I can't see it because it's a photo of a photo she sent me. So she's going to have to give me a print copy and all that. So it was, it was really, really cool. And then she also sent me one uh, of me with the State Puff Marshmallow and Stuffy. The, like they had the glow-in-the-dark eyes and mouth. Um, and that's something that I got to add to the list as well. It's it's going on on the hunt list for sure for Kijiji. And it, it's it's just been a really cool experience over the last little bit with this Ghostbuster stuff and, and sharing that with my parents and actually getting my hands on these things for like, I've spent $70 to get my hands on both those pieces, um, which is steal the deal, especially for the fire hall at this point in time. And for what condition it's in and, and the few pieces it's missing, it's about 50 bucks probably to complete it, which, which I'll get done here, hopefully before the end of the year. That's and, amazing, man. Yeah. It, it's been so cool. And then actually the same guy that had the Ecto-2 chopper, he had uh, two TMNT figures from uh, the 88. He had the Shredder and then a Softhead Leo. And the Softhead Leo is, is of course, the same Leo that, that most of us had. But it was the first few runs of the figures had soft heads, and then they transitioned into a hard head during that same year. And he had them up. I offered him somewhat of a low ball, took it, and I ran with it. So I ended up picking those figures. So right now, since... Carlos and the goddamn Bat Fam dropped off that initial run of Turtles. I'm now only short the Foot Soldier to have the first full loose run of those Turtle figures complete. That's wicked. Wow. Yeah, yeah, wicked man. So, yeah, that's that's and I'm dope. not stopping. I know I said I'd stop there. I'd, I'm already well beyond that. My dad's just sent me a package. He's got a whole bunch more Turtle figures in it that he's been picking up out, out east. And I'm just going to keep going, guys. I'm not going to stop on this. I'm yeah, I loving this retro stuff. It is. And I had this like long conversation with my mom the other day about, about how much joy it's brought me in the end of this year, especially in a really shitty year. It's brought me a lot of joy and it's it's rekindled a lot of kind of cool relationships that I, I've always had a great relationship with my parents. But this has been something that I've never really ex- shared the collecting and toy experience with them as an adult. And so it's cool to see them really into it and get excited about it. So it, it's a lot of fun. And, and that's where my focus is going to be, guys, it, like right to the end of the year is that retro stuff. And so it's going to be really fun looking back and listening back to our 2020, you know, predictions most anticipated and seeing like where I was going then and to where I am now at the end of 2020. <laughs> like no one could have predicted the global pandemic, but also no one was predicting that I'd be so deep into retro toys and really taking a huge yeah. shift into something different, which is, is just been so enlightening. So it, it's, uh, I talk about it every single week about how great it's been, but I, I truly feel that way. And it's, it's been a ton of fun. Well, you blew my mind when you mentioned that Ecto two and you described it as like, yo, I got to Google this thing. And I Googled it. And I'm like, Holy smokes. Like I just got this jolt of nostalgia. Like I remember <laughs> that story and I'm like, I totally forgot about this thing. I always remembered the Ecto-2 
um, obviously the fire hall, which I never owned, but this chopper, I was like, Oh my God. Like, I feel like a little kid all over it. Like that is crazy. That was like such a cool, cool yeah. toy. Like I, I th- wow. th- it's funny. You explain that like almost live because yeah. I had that exact same experience. I like, yeah. I, like I said, I hadn't thought about this thing since I was probably five or something. Right. Yeah. So it's been like what 30 plus years since I thought about this yeah. and I, I saw it at this toy show it was a mess but i was like holy like i remember yeah. this <laughs> and then for it to pop up on Gigi, like like it's just pure figure fit and yeah. like i got a first steal of a deal yeah like i he knocked 15 bucks off the the listing price for it <laughs> like that's without crazy. me even trying that's, <laughs> that's awesome it, yeah no that, that's a cool toy right there Jeez. yeah it's it's, awesome. it's 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 so cool to have like that jolt in the like mm-hmm. boom like punch mm-hmm. you in the gut for something like yeah big time big time great that's, that's massive yeah. Oh, yeah. So lots of fun, guys. And we're basically barreling towards the end of this year. I can't believe that by next week we're going to have our, our episode in November, which is mind-blowing that we're almost to the end of the year. And it's something we got to start thinking about here in the Nerd Room, guys. We talk every single week about our acquisitions and the major things that we've pulled together in every single week, but we got to think about what our year has looked like. And it's been a weird year, but we always do a year in review as we get towards the end of December there, depending on kind of the film release schedule, which is going to be pretty thin (laughs) this year. But ultimately it's going to be a lot of fun to look back and see how things have changed from the start of this year and to the end of this year. Because I think, to be honest with you, all of us have gone in very different directions that we thought. Like, I don't think Carlos thought he'd have what, like 15 plus McFarlane sitting in this, no. in the back no, cave. And, and Troy's been yeah. racking up hot toys like crazy. <laughs> it, it's, it's been an interesting year. So looking forward to talking that, but guys, before we get there, we got to talk about what's going on in the world of nerd. And we're going to kick it off with Spider-Man three from the MCU coming out in 2021. We've talked a lot about this in the last few weeks because of the amount of rumors coming out, about what this film potentially could be, it went from rumors to confirmation back to rumors about this being some form of Spider-Verse movie with the inclusion of the likes of Andrew Garfield and Jamie Foxx's Electro and this really shaping up to be something very different, you know, even pulling in Doctor Strange. And the the crazy thing about this and the likelihood that we're going to see something pretty wild in the Spider-Man theory I think is pretty high. But all these rumors seem to line up with what potentially could be or what really has been confirmed by Tom Holland as the start of shooting of Spider-Man 3 down at Atlanta. He released a video last night talking about him arriving at Atlanta, having the script and getting ready to shoot Spider-Man 3. So this thing is real, guys. Maybe not all the rumors, but the fact that they're going to get down to business here and we're going to probably see this at some point in the future, but at a minimum, they're going to have it filmed. <laughs> when we exactly see it, who knows? But ultimately, it's great to see this film is starting to kick off, and which means we're going to start to see stuff for this possibly before the end of 2021. It's getting a trailer for this, guys. Like It's nuts that this film is going to be in our laps in the not-too-distant future. But, but Troy, man, like hype yeah. level for this. We've, we've chronicled everything. We're not going to go back into it. But yeah. now seeing this thing kind of, you know, line in the sand, we're starting shooting here. They're taking yeah. all the safety precautions, I would assume here. But the likelihood of seeing some something from this in the not-too-distant future, maybe even a title reveal, mm. it is real. Like, this is real, man. <laughs> yeah. 
no, no, I'm as hyped as Tom Holland was in that video, man. Yeah. Like, <laughs> this is so cool. Um, and I gotta give it to Sony, man. Sony or maybe Marvel was in, included too, uh, Disney, but their marketing is really cool when it comes to Spider Man. Like, when mm-hmm. Spider Man has a property coming out, it's like across the board from the comics to the games to animation and then to the big screen movies. Um, we had all this hype with the PS5 coming out, and obviously the big title is Miles Morales' Spider-Man game, right? Which is obviously kind of like the, the follow-up or mini-game to uh, Spider-Man PS4. So we already have that train kind of in motion. Uh, we've heard all these crazy talks of the Garfield and uh, Tobey Maguire. And then also we had now confirmed too, right, that Doctor Strange mm-hmm. is going to be in the upcoming Spider-Man. So the hype train they're pushing is just huge, right? I wouldn't be surprised too. Also, if we get some kind of comic that's coming out uh, soon for Spider-Man, like big comic event, um, it's certainly not going to be the J.J. Abrams event because I think everyone's falling asleep on that book because it's still <laughs> still going. But um, no, I'm super super hyped, man. Um, whether those ru- rumors come true or not, I don't know. Um, but Doctor Strange in the mix, okay, cool. Um, I just hope we continue the Miles train, man. I'm I'm thinking. I mean, mm-hmm. if we got the Miles Morales game coming out. We've already introduced Aaron Davis. Why not introduce his nephew? Uh, bring Miles in. Show that cameo, man. Like the success of that game writing, and then we get the movie to drop and the PS5 going. Ah, man, I'm, I'm hyped. Either way, though, when it comes to Spider Man, you already know what it is. Like, that's my guy, ride or die, Spider Man all day. The best rogues gallery in history. You heard Ooh. it here first. Get vocal. That's a sequel to that <laughs> that little fight that we had going on. But um, I can't wait, man. I just I just can't wait. Tom Holland too. Like he's such a good hype man. He um, is. You know, for for this genuine, man. genuine, definitely, definitely. And I got to give credit to all three Spider Man actors because everybody on board looked like they always wanted to be in that role, especially mm-hmm. my boy Andrew Garfield. But I cannot wait to see this. Um, he said they're filming in Atlanta, right? Yeah. Too? Yeah, so uh, usually oh, doubles man. as New York, Atlanta. Exactly, which really excites me. With just because that point that you made is uh, we're going back to that New York feel because that was one thing that was really missing for me out from uh, far from home is that New York aspect. It's like a Batman movie without Gotham. Like you got to have that New York flavor when you when when Spider Man's off doing his things with the the Avengers or the West Coast Avengers or Fantastic Four, go wherever you want. But when it's Spider Man, you got to be in New York, man. You got to. So yeah, I need I'm those hyped. big buildings. <laughs> sure. <laughs> what about you, Carlos, man? Like seeing Tom Holland come out here with that true, genuine passion is, I think it's, it's palpable. It's contagious what he brings to this character. And there's, there's gotta be something along the lines here. Cause he recently another video last night as well. saying that he had a script in hand. It was an on an iPad. And I, to be honest with you, same to what he did for far from home. I expected him to turn around and show us the title of the film. Do, do you think there's a title for, Spider-Man 3 here and is it going to fall into the you know Spider-Man Home Alone Spider-Man Home Sweet Home like do you think this is going to have something along those lines like take a shot at the title here after you kind of give us a little bit of a summary about your hype level now seeing Tom Holland on set yeah no like this is easily my most anticipated Marvel movie that we know is for sure on the docket and stuff lots of exciting new stuff that they're doing but like Spidey is my 2IC with, uh, you know, he's like second favorite superhero, second best rogues gallery. He's got tons <laughs> of stuff to work with. So, yeah, I'm like, this is my second most hyped movie yeah. aside from the Batman coming out. So, yeah, you know, um, it's exciting to see them going to Atlanta, getting started. Atlanta is Marvel's 
home and Disney's base of operations for a lot of that filming stuff. So I imagine in this pandemic time, they'll be taking advantage of um, that Mandalorian setup to be able to get things done and realize those environments without having to go out into a a riskier environment kind of thing. So that's exciting. It's exciting that they're committed to it, that they're pushing forward and it's not going to get moved back. So yeah, like I think I'm more excited to see the commitment of the two studios to bring this thing to fruition Mm -hmm. and to make it a priority. And as far as predictions go, it's going to be, and it just popped in my head because like I saw a rumor that like they're looking at um, Emma Stone as doing Spider-Gwen. I don't know if there's any merit to that, but I thought I'd throw it out there because I'd read it. But uh, I'm going to say Spider-Man Home Away From Home. Ooh, Ooh. I like that. Yeah. Because that nicely plays into him being somewhere else, mm-hmm. right? Because yeah. we, we've talked a lot about the Spider-Verse, the multiverse, and mm-hmm. where this could leave Holland's Spider-Man and potentially even Sony's Spider-Verse as well, whether that includes Venom and Morbius, who knows? Yeah. But I, I really like that. What were your thoughts, Troy? Man? That's my favorite one I've, yeah. I've heard or read. Yeah, no, I love that one. That that's dope. That's really fitting, especially if you're going that route of the Spider Verse or that exit. Um, I've heard this one a million times, but I, I'm kind of I'm warming up to it a bit more. But I think it's um, I think it'd be Spider Man Home Run, Home Run, just for the fact that like, I think they're going big, man. Home Run. That's when you you, you knock it out of the park. And I think uh, I think they're going big with this one, even though the Avengers films have obviously been his big big moments. Um, but I could feel that one. But Carlos has me now stuck on that. That home I, away that, from home. That's my so, by far my favorite one. Yeah, that's, I was, I was, and I haven't ra- heard that. I haven't heard me that neither. And that's, I, that's I was ra- Batman original man. Mm, oh yeah, I like there it. you go. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I literally just came up with that as Tim was doing the preamp. Well, yeah. and it, it's funny because I was sitting here earlier today at work, which is six feet away from me, and I was thinking, what is something that could re- have the whole minute but also represent? this grander Spider-Verse thing they seem to be moving towards, whether or not it is a true live-action Spider-Verse is yet to be seen. But that is probably the best description with the word home in it. You know, short of them saying, you know, calling it Spider-Man Spider-Verse or something, right? That's really on the nose. That home away from home really works. Yeah. Whoa. Good flow. Good flow. Ah, there you heard it here first, yeah. folks, Kevin man. That, it's, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I love it, man. I love it. I've heard some other ones too. This there's one that was out there. It was uh, homesick, um, which I don't really love. Uh, like, there's not a lot, many other places they can go with this. Home Alone was another one I had heard, yeah. but like him, like uh, more leaning into the idea of he's by himself. Right. But is he by himself if he's got a couple of his Spider-Man and Doctor Strange? <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> so who knows, man? Like, th- this yeah, is... With all these mentors, it could be Spider-Man homeschooled. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, the environment we are living in, it's... Uh... <laughs> you know, maybe maybe they just directly address what's going on, and it's just uh, like Ant-Man style from uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp, where he's just kind of by himself for <laughs> just... Play, playing video games and the the drums and learning yeah. uh, origami and all that stuff. <laughs> it's, like, it's like that big sequence in uh, Homecoming where he's on like the um, the hammock and he's like learning his uh, his yeah. costume. It's just like a whole movie of that. Yeah, <laughs> just just being like, man, there's no one out doing anything bad. What am I gonna? <laughs> 
But he doesn't have a suit to talk to. It's just him by himself. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, very, very exciting stuff. I can't wait to see more from, from Spider-Man 3. And it's great to see, you know, we've had set images and all that from the Disney Plus films, but this is the first MCU big screen adaptation that has kicked it into gear post-pandemic. We're not in post-pandemic world, but we're post lockdown or we've kind of figured out a few things i guess ultimately yeah. but it's nice to see the the big screen you know with eternals more or less in the can and black widow in the can yeah. this is kind of the the first big one getting going here after the the big shutdown and so to see these things ramping up production it's it's exciting yes we have the disney plus stuff with the falcon and winter soldier that is currently filming and we're to get that in the not too distant future here early 2021 hopefully but you know, the return of the big screen is, is going to be something special. Uh, whether it's DC, Star Wars, or Marvel that is the first of the screen, I don't know. Um, and it realistically could be any one of them at this point. Yeah. But we will we will see. And uh, just sticking with Disney Plus here, guys, in the MCU, before we move on to some comic book talk with DC Future State, Moon Knight. This is a character that has uh, yet to grace the MCU, but it was something that was announced in 2019 by Kevin Feige as going to find, or a character that's going to find a home on Disney Plus in the form of a series. So expanding the roster of the MCU and really leaning into this six to eight part mini series where we're spending a lot more time with these characters. And, and Moon Knight was, of course, Mark Spector, one of the ones that was highlighted as finding a place and a home on Disney Plus before entering into the film universe proper. Now, it, it's interesting because he's often referred to or often thought of as the goddamn Batman of the Marvel world to uh -huh. some degree. And uh, we got our first kind of casting rumors. I think Keanu Reeves has been chucked around for this role for quite some time, but it seems that uh, Oscar Isaac has moved into, at least as being rumored and reported, into the uh, the front runner position for Mark Spector for Moon Knight, Poe Dameron himself entering the MCU on Disney Plus. Carlos, man, it's it's maybe fit that you 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 take a first stab at your thoughts for Oscar Isaac here as Mark Spector, given that, uh, like I said, this this character is has been likened at times, maybe not in origin, but maybe certainly in style a little bit to the the Batman himself. Yeah, and that's. Uh that's probably the least interesting version of moon Knight is mm -hmm. kind of just the knockoff Batman version. But like over the last 10, 15 years, they've done some amazing things with moon Knight, And like, honestly, he's become one of my favorite characters in the MCU. Cause he's so unique and he, he always keeps you guessing and you don't know if what's happening in his, and even he doesn't know if what's happening is in his head. If it's, happening outside if it's gonna break the world or if he's just lying in a bed kind of thing and i think in oscar isaacs you have a phenomenal actor who's going to be able to bring all those different facets of the character the to the forefront from the mercenary to the superhero to the businessman to the enforcer like i wouldn't be surprised if you see a different moon knight personality every episode or every episode and cool. a half so yeah and just earlier this year ironically i'd done like a massive deep dive into moon knight stuff while i was trying to escape my nephews on a vacation and um <laughs> yeah like i think i was going insane like mark specter being around them so uh, <laughs> I, I really found myself entrenched and i could have become the fist of the conchu to be honest with you if i had to watch them try and eat dinner one more time so um yeah i'm <laughs> I am hyped for this one, uh -huh. and I think it's 
I think it's going to be cool. Like they got um, a Middle Eastern director mm-hmm. on board yeah, to that. do a bunch of the episodes. So I think he'll bring a very unique aesthetic and perspective to it. And that tells you that they're maybe going to lean into a bit of the Egyptian God origins. I think of- they have to. Like I, I and I agree with you. Just bringing someone like that on board to to present the, the cultural aspects, even and some of the story of the the Egyptian roots of of Mark Spector of or of Khonshu, I should say, uh, the Moon God. There, I, I think that's a good idea. And I think they to make it unique and to really expand it out into an interesting character. I think you have to add those elements of the of of Moon Knight into it. Yeah, totally. Like the least interesting version of this they could do would be mercenary guy goes to Egypt, runs in, has an experience that turns him into Marvel's version of Bruce Wayne and Batman. Yeah. Like that's not interesting at all. So I love everywhere that they're going with it. And it's, yeah, it's angling like it's going to be the best versions of the character based on some of that thought process that you can see here. So yeah, I'm, I'm hyped for this one. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm really hyped for it, but I got to tell you when we first, started talking to DM about Oscar. I was like, I was like, yes, for sure on board. But as I sat back and thought about it some more, I have a hard time seeing him in costume. I I don't know what it is about Oscar Isaac. It's the same. Like I view Oscar Isaac in kind of the same light as, as Harrison Ford almost. Mm. And seeing either of those guys in anything but a, a vest and, you know, with a, a gun on their hip, I, I have a hard time with him in costume, like in a white, like Moon Knight costume for some reason. Yeah, dude, if you let Fox put that apocalypse garbage on him, <laughs> but you could you could even yeah. and I the Egyptian kind of nonsense. Well, yeah, it's right? kind of yeah, interesting, cool. but I, I just I don't see it, and I agree with you. Apocalypse was, was awful. Oof. Like that movie Oof. was wolf. Like, like it was, and you couldn't even like that could have been anyone behind that, right? Like it's not like. Oscar Isaac really got to shine through the yeah. globs of makeup that were on him and already had lines that he could actually read that were reasonable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like there's not much you can do with a character of, uh, of apocalypse like that in a movie like that. And so I don't think he ever got his fair share or his fair shot at that. Cause I know people were hyped about him taking on that role and then it just kind of fell by the wayside. Yeah. You'll probably see him the most in like the uh, insane asylum type setting. Mm-hmm. And then in the business suit, yeah, look as well. Like you, the least will probably be like the hood and cape version of the character, yeah. I imagine. Yeah, and that, that's my that's my only hold up with Oscar Isaac at the moment. What about you, Troy? Man, what are your thoughts on on Poe Dameron himself filling the role of Mark Spector Moon Knight? I, you know what, I'm I'm mixed too with this one. Um, and I don't know if it's because of Oscar Isaac. I think it's because of the um, the current um. Aaron, was it Jason Aaron? The Jason Aaron Avengers run right now, where the Avengers are going up against Moon Knight, and he's just so unlikable in the book. And this is coming from a guy that knows next to nothing about the character. I've heard good things about a couple of his runs, but as of right now, in the Avengers book, Moon Knight sucks, and he's just, <laughs> he's just not cool. And so, um, but when you when you mentioned someone like um, Oscar Isaac, I, who was extremely talented, I loved him in. Um, uh, inside uh, Lewin Davis and uh, Drive. Drive was the first time I saw him, and um, and he's cool, man. So it'll be interesting to see him uh, actually have some darker tones to him because I've never mm-hmm. seen him dive as deep as something like a character like Moon Knight. So that's kind of a cool for me. So I'm more stoked about 
the casting than I am about the actual character, mm-hmm. if that makes any sense. But um, when it comes to TV, that will be cool because it'll be more serialized. We can actually spend more time developing yeah. him as opposed to like the last bad thing he's ever done, which was obviously Apocalypse, which was um, which wasn't good. So, um, no, I'm, I'm on board with this, man. I, I'm I'm cool to just kind of sit back and just get invested in this character that I don't really know much about. Yeah. through the performance of Oscar Isaac. So that should be that should be pretty cool. I'm, I'm kind of down with that, man. Um, I, and I'm also excited to see Marvel go this route where we're getting like more of like the Blade and we're getting more of the Moon Knight and hopefully we get, you know, even Punisher or Daredevil. Come on, Carlos, we need that Daredevil. So I'm excited to see oh, Marvel know, MCU <laughs> step into this direction and give us that kind of like uh, Marvel Max, you know, kind of stuff going on. Yeah. And I, yeah. I agree with you. That's probably the, the most hype that I get for this this stuff. It's of course I'm the, like I love the MCU and every aspect yeah. of it in Marvel Comics and that. But seeing characters like I'm not super familiar with with Moon Knight either. Mm-hmm. But just thinking, a couple years you could have She Hulk, Moon Knight, and Miss Marvel plastered across Disney stores and on yep. lunch boxes and stuff like that, right? Like it's like they'll go that path, and I think that these characters can be endearing enough that they'll capture this this wide audience because one, they're part of the MCU, and two, they have a great track record with making these characters household names. They've taken characters yeah. that, you know, in in you go back to even Iron Man, like that character wasn't the Batman status when that movie came out, right? And you know, you you look at everyone knows who Iron Man is, everyone knows who Cap and Thor and all that is, and they've done that. The Guardians of the Galaxy. Thanos for mm-hmm. you know for a villain side of things and so yeah. it's gonna be great to see them and I agree as much as I can't see him running around in in the suit a character like Oscar Isaac to to hold up a TV series like that I think is is a great choice yeah you know and I look forward to seeing him in Dune whenever that movie comes yes out. yes yeah that's another thing that's awesome that's a that's another cool thing I'm anticipating to see what his performances and like yeah. in that movie to see how it translates in this uh this project if it even does but I'm yeah. with you. Yeah. yeah. Very cool. Very cool things coming out on Disney Plus. And, you know, we've got WandaVision coming out here in about a month's time, I think, in around the end of November. And so it's going to be cool to see that that first run of the MCU translating onto that platform in the serialized version that is actually acknowledged by the greater film universe <laughs> <laughs> as opposed to what we've seen in the past. So really looking forward to that and the expansion of, of the MCU onto Disney plus, but uh, guys, let, let's uh, let's spend some time over in the comic book world and let's talk about some DC future state. Now I'm going to throw this to Carlos here in just a second, because he's done a deep dive today to try to bring us up to date as to exactly what the DC future state is. From what I can gather, it looks like a big company-wide or comic book or whatever you want to call it event that is set in the DC universe. It comes out this January, so kicking off the year maybe in the right way. But what looks cool to me is basically it's this two-month event line-wide. And it seems like they're taking kind of a full stop on their main titles running this event and then picking up the threads from the main title back up in in February or into March there. And it looks like they're just kind of heading into the future and telling stories from most of the characters across the line here. And it's intriguing that it seems to be like relatively low barrier for entry, relatively continuous stories over the two months. And you've got a great lineup of incredible talent that is that is really lending their their creative minds to this DC future state. Now, now, Carlos, 
contextualize this a little bit for for me, someone that sits sits relative in the periphery. That's kind of the the gist of it, I think, from a, a layman's term perspective. But bring some color into what DC Future State is and and how it's really going to spotlight some of these characters like the Batman, like Superman, Wonder Woman, whomever, and and what this event potentially could lead us to. Yeah, so you know what? You hit the nail on the head, and I think being a low barrier of entry is exactly what DC and their new regime is targeting with this. So it's going to be part of, it's going to spin out of an epilogue for death metal. So there's two epilogues, I guess, for death metal. Um, which is very much entrenched in multiverses fallen and being rebuilt and XYZ and all that cosmic craziness kind of thing. But you don't need any of that because Future State is going to be the end result of one of these epilogues. And the cool thing with Future State is that it's not like previous DC events where they take place hundreds or thousands of years in the future. So characters like Bruce Wayne are gone and things of that nature and you might catch a hint of superman has been the one person to survive or whatever um this takes place in a pretty near future where like bruce is still around dick grayson is still around the green lanterns are still around and they're the ones that we know um but you don't need to know really anything going forward uh because nobody will know what came before this everybody's jumping on at the same point in time the books all start fresh and like you said low barrier of entry it's a two-month event instead of doing like a ton of weekly books a lot of the books like the new batman book is going to be four issues and they're four 64 page issues so yeah 64 pages but you get like 64 pages is going to be what four or three four comics worth Mm -hmm. of of reading material kind of thing so three times four is going to be like, that's a year's worth of comics that you're going to be able to digest over the course of this two months, right. For that one character. And uh, yeah, they're doing some pretty exciting things. Like I was a bit bullish on it when they were talking about um, the concept of the event. But as soon as I saw those designs coming out and then I got a bit of insight into what they're doing and where they're taking the characters. Oh man, sign me up. Like I'm in that position where it's like, I'm trying to stop, collecting physical books and like this event i want to expand what i'm currently bringing home every week and yes. like read them all yes Cause they sound amazing all of them so what do you want to know about and i'll i'll tell you about them <laughs> well let's tell me this as the coming into it fresh and you know being 2021 new year maybe new me who knows but it would be something great for us to get into and, and discuss in a bit of detail. But is this picking up? Because like normal comic book events, right, have big build-ins and then you have this line-wide tie-ins and then you spit out the other end with these characters on new and different arcs, right? Mm-hmm. This seems like it's self-contained. It's There's no big build-in to the event. And what happens after, I guess, maybe is yet to be seen. I guess maybe look at the reception of all of it. But basically you can read this in isolation you don't have to you know be reading you know the batman books or superman books running into this to understand the starting point of it and mm-hmm. you can just consume it and then just kind of step back and figure out what you want to do next but is that that's kind of the gist of it right that it's completely self-contained and it's unlike any real comic book event that we've seen in the past right yeah like 
for people that are reading the books now, there'll be a reason for it to have occurred kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But for you jumping in as a new reader, it's like this is something brand new, totally different. And some of these characters might not even know why they're at when this thing starts kind of thing. And everybody goes forward. Like if you and I pick up Nightwing on day one, we'll have the exact same amount Mm -hmm. of information going in as to where he's at and um, what the status quo is and um, what's happening in that book kind of thing. So yeah, it's the ideal spot to jump on. And if you just, like you said, want to have a little reading project for two months in 2021, why not? Like, yeah. it, it's, you, it seems ideal for that. Like, it's a great starting point, and it's something that's intrigued me, especially when I read it, was, it was relatively self-contained. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm interested and intrigued by that aspect of it. Now, before we pick your brain here on a bit more about where these characters potentially could be going, Troy, man, let's, let's bring into the conversation here. Yes, sir. DC Future State, from what you've seen from a creative side, from visually and then you know, filling the gaps in with some of the explanation and, and some of the, uh, the thoughts that Carlos has brought to the table here. Like, how are you feeling about DC Future State? You know, you read quite a few DC books. Yeah. Is this something that you're going to be jumping into? Is this something that you're hyped for? Oh, dude, this is the best news I've seen since... I think I told Carlos, this is the best news I've seen since uh, Hickman jumped on uh, X-Men. This is huge. This is incredible news. Um, this is something I've been wished more comic book yeah. uh, companies have been doing. I love that we're getting the, the change up in the status quo all together. And we're getting a time jump. Um, Marvel did do this a while back, obviously, when we got uh, Jane Foster, Thor, Miles Morales, and uh, Kamala Khan. Right? And we got Riri Williams. We got all those cats in um, in the Marvel new status quo change up. But DC's doing like a time jump. And it's just like, here they are. Here they are. Take them for what there is. Whether this is like... You know, what was it, G, G4, or G5, like a new coat of paint? I don't know. I don't know the terms of what that is. I wasn't even against the G5 change up in the first place. But um, the fact that we're getting a new Batman really, really intrigues me. Because um, I think that's cool. Um, I, I didn't mind the, Jim's, the Jim Gordon change up way back in the day there. Or I guess it was like two, three, four years ago. But um, I like where we're going in this direction. I like the new looks, the new designs. Um, they've aged up. I'm guessing that's Jonathan Kent um, as an adult form, which is so cool. But it still looks like we got Connor Kent in the background, or maybe that's just like the other Superboys. Um, I'm just I'm in love with these character designs. It um, it seems organic without even knowing how they got there. It's just really really cool. And I know Marvel at one point was kind of taking their time, like. I think they did really good on developing Jane Thor, mm-hmm. Jane, Jane, Jane Thor, Jane, Jane Foster's Thor, and same with Miles Morales. But then, like, Riri Williams kind of came out of nowhere, and so did Kamala Khan. And then they just kind of had, like, this rebrand of, like, here's your new Marvel characters. And it was cool. But I just like this kind of clean slate, like, take it for what it is. This is, like, potentially four, five, six, maybe even ten years down the road. And here's your new heroes. And they've taken on these mantles. Um I'm just, I'm just really intrigued. I just, I can't wait for like these books to drop because I just want to dive into it. Um, I want to know more about Nightwing being where he is. I want to know if that's um, uh, Luke Fox or if it's Duke under the the new Batman cowl. Um, I just, I'm just so excited, man. This is, this is like when I saw this news drop, Carlos hit me up and the designs. I was kind of like, okay, whatever. There was a couple of designs I didn't really mess with, like Nightwing's chin strap. 
Um, it's more of like the spoiler and the orphan look that actually intrigued me. But the more I dove into and looked into like the premise of like Bruce Wayne, Batman being dead, but not really. He's like underground. And um, there is a new Batman current that's running things. And uh, mask vigilantes or like outlawed like that. That's a no fly zone. I was like, cool. I really like this universe because when you think of DC, it's, it's, it's a world full of heroes that haven't really been put in check. And here we are now in this point where like heroes with masks are like, it's a no, no. So man, I'm just, I'm just all in man. And uh, I can't wait to pick up these books basically. Yeah. Super stoked, man. Like I love hearing the excitement coming from both of you guys on this, especially as, as long-term DC readers that you're excited about a bit of a status quo shift but also yes. the fact that it's, it could potentially lead to, I think, other things. Now, Carlos, let's let's talk a bit a bit about some of these characters. Troy touched on a few of them, um, and just where where some of these characters and, and frame it out for the listeners a little bit about you know individuals and, and where they could be going in this. Let's start with maybe the Bat Family here. You know, you know, Troy touched a bit on the potential for a new Batman, but what else is going in that that environment of of the Bat Fam? Well, yeah, the patriarch of the Bat Fam is is an outlaw. So people think that Bruce Wayne is dead and there's a new entity that's enforcing the new law in Gotham, which is cool because I think they're teasing that it's the fallout of the Joker War, that Batman and his rogues gallery let this thing get so far gone and the citizenry is just tired of being caught in the crossfire. So this group called the Magistrate comes in and they are the new de facto... Um, police running Gotham City and keeping law and order and everything else. But obviously, they're not going to be completely altruistic or else you wouldn't have a story. And so, uh, yeah, with Mask being outlawed and Bruce is believed dead, uh, he's going to be probably be fronting a book called Dark Detective. And it's a stripped down, like, knives and brass knuckles style Bruce Wayne Batman with almost no resources like even his costume looks pretty homemade and pretty industrial and uh it it, kind of the main thrust of the first stories with him is going to be who is the magistrate and how have they got a bunch of his tech and what are their real goals and what are they doing with his former allies and people who have been captured and stuff like that and spinning out of that Jason Todd actually works for the magistrate and he's a bit of a bounty hunter who's going to be cool. hunting down some of the former allies and stuff like that. Um, staying with the Bat fam, Cassandra Kane and Stephanie Brown. So spoiler and orphan who both at one t- point in time had the titled Batgirl are both Batgirl now. And they're like a team of Batgirls. And I suspect that it's going to be Barbara Gordon Oracle who's running them as a bit of a strike force. And then the other player is with the magistrate coming in. There's no need for Arkham Asylum anymore. It's been vacated, but Nightwing has taken up Arkham Asylum as his base of operations. <laughs> and that's where he's running his game from. So, mm. th- like, just so much cool stuff that's never been explored before. That, yeah. Those, like, couple paragraphs, incredibly intriguing <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. So like, cool. very cool. And none of these guys know that Bruce is in the background because there's a whole new Batman. I suspect that it's going to be Luke Fox backed by his dad. But they recently brought back Timothy Fox in the books. And Tim, like, I think they like wrote him out of the books in like the 80s or 90s kind of thing. But uh, 
I don't know if it's going to be one fox as Batman or if it's going to be two foxes as Batmans. Um, But they're obviously going to be on the outs with the magistrate and whatnot, but they're operating out in the open as quote unquote Batman. And like the two versions of the costume that I've seen look incredible. So yeah, I'm, I'm pretty excited to see what they do with that. And I kind of like the idea that maybe the Fox family has taken over trying to do a better job than Bruce Wayne and his family did cool. in protecting the city as, yeah. as the quote unquote Batman. And like, man, John Ridley's writing both the new Batman books. So this is the guy that wrote 12 years of slave. Sl- yeah. like, <laughs> it, they're going to be something special, I think. So wow. do you think this was G5 like initially? I think this is a better version of what they were doing with with 5G or whatever 5G, it was going to be called, 5G, or G5, yeah. yeah. <laughs> because I think the intent of 5G was to reestablish a timeline and then force you into adopting new characters kind of thing. Right. Whereas this, like Tim's been excited about, it's like no barrier of entry, yeah. and then they can readjust on the fly. Like, right. mm-hmm. who knows? Well, and it, and it yeah. speaks very much like other events we've seen where maybe they'll pluck some of the, the really well-received things out of it yeah. and either run in a continuity, like from this date forward, like kind of separately from, I'm just spitballing here, separately from the, the main DC titles that they are, they're going to kind of put on pause or, you know, we've seen them pluck Miles Morales and Miss Marvel and a few of those characters in the Marvel side of things when they did this massive rebrand. I will say, and having not read any of this DC Future State stuff, this sounds a bit more clean yeah. compared <laughs> to what Marvel did. It was kind of like they'd sway to Civil War Two and then they swayed back to something else and then they collapsed the, the multiverse a bit and they did it. And so it was it was a little all over the place and it was hard to follow. At least with this, it might give you kind of that clean slate. Here are the characters, and then we can run in some direction with this or build into it in some capacity, right? Yeah. Um, and, and so that's exciting. Now, one of the characters that you mentioned there that you said does have a tendency when they go through, you know, you know, decades, if not longer, centuries into the future, that does have a tendency to stick around as Superman. And so, like, as, as this is happening in the Bat world, what's going on kind of with the, the Superman family and are these stories kind of inherently linked or are we going to see kind of pockets of these stories being told just in the same kind of pushed forward timeline? Well, it's it's all in the same timeline in the same world in the same mm-hmm. continuity kind of thing. So the Superman in the Superman family books is going to be the Superman that's in the Justice League, mm-hmm. but that's not necessarily going to be Clark Kent and Bruce Wayne. That's probably going to be Jonathan Kent who is the new Superman and I think it's Luke Fox, but um, whoever the new Batman is kind of thing. So with the Superman family, this is actually, I almost find it just as cool, if not cooler. So whatever has happened that has caused the fallout in Gotham and so on and so forth, something's happened in Metropolis. I don't know what it is, but Superman has been exiled from earth or has exiled himself He's installed his son, so Jonathan Kent, who is now older and wiser, uh, as the new de facto Superman of Earth. 
and Superman has gone to War World, which is a gladiatorial planet, and basically whoever is the the strongest and can win the glad the gladiator contest becomes the ruler of War World kind of thing, and uh, Mongol Hulk. is hit, what's that? Planet Hulk. Planet Hulk. Yeah. yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It is kind of like Planet Hulk, I guess. But yeah, DC established in the 80s with Mongols. So. Oh, shoot. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Way way back, man. Like that was the John Byrne run on Superman. So yeah, I don't I don't think Planet Hulk came came out on uh, newsprint. <laughs> so. Maybe, maybe. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so Soups is he's exiled himself onto War World, and for whatever reason. Um, he's uh, he's throwing fists out there, and he's got a cool look to him. He's he basically looks like He Man, like he's got the the S with the the straps on him, and he's fighting his way through that. But while that's happening, uh, John Kent is on Earth, and he's making decisions and trying to do the best he can as Superman. And I don't want to spoil anything, but he does something that puts him on the outs with Supergirl, who has been like, you know what, I've had enough with humans and humanity so i'm going to go live on the dark side of the moon and she kind of runs a bit of a society with the uh, alien and space travelers and stuff like that cool. so she's like you know what don't go to earth it's a gong show just wow. kind of come hang out on the dark side of the mood but there's a, a mainstay popular villain that comes john fights him the follow-up of that fight leads to something that supergirl takes big time umbrage with and they're on the outs so how cool does this sound? This sounds so good. Like this is what we need. Like, man, I know, man. Yeah, I'm blow your mind even more. So I'm all in. Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman's evolution is she ascends, so she becomes part of the Greek pantheon. Mm. Um, I don't know if she's the god of war or if she's just her own um, new god amongst the Greek pantheon. Yeah. But she kind of sits above, and there's a threat that comes that takes out Darkseid. And it's like, yo, Diana, you wanted to step up and take to the next level? Well, you get the boss fight now. And so <laughs> she's kind of that major cosmic heavy hitter for the DC universe. And while she's doing that, Nubia, who is uh, an African Wonder Woman in the 70s, yeah, 60s, 70s, um, she becomes the new Wonder Woman of Themyscira. And the Amazons have perished somehow. So she's trying to rebuild their society and carry on the mission in man's world. And to help her out, there's a Brazilian Wonder Woman who's been in the Amazon rainforest called Yara Fleur. And her character design is incredible. Yeah, it's dope. Like, yeah, I, I like her as much as any of the best Diana designs. But she decides to step up to the forefront to be kind of the Wonder Woman of record. And she's the Wonder Woman that enters into the Justice League. She has a book with John Kent, so who knows what that means. But, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens. And Man, like, what, what about Connor Kent? Because I think there's another Superman we see somewhere too, right? Do you think that's Connor Kent? Or do you think that's like Superboy with like the leather jacket? Because there's one more soups that we see in like the promotional I th- I, campaign. I think it's been John all through. What was Connor's... the other one? Yeah, because there's John with like the yeah. cool hair, but then there's like the buzz cut Superman. So there's like the Superman that you're talking about, the original, which is like the um, Kingdom Come look, kind of. Yeah. And then there's Jonathan Kent, who's kind of wearing like the suit that he's wearing right now, but he's like beefier, he's older. But then yeah. there's another one in the corner. 
and he I think he has like a buzz cut and he looks like he could be like that that super kid super boy Connor Kent like I don't know but yeah I don't know yeah. they might be doing yeah. something with him because yeah. like I know like Tim Drake is back and he is Robin period full stop cool. kind of thing cool and he, he looks cool he's yeah. 35 and he's still Robin that's cool, that's cool. <laughs> yeah, man, he, he uh <laughs> he, he's embraced that thing and then that's good like the Teen Titans are fighting a character called Red X, who is in like the Teen Titans animated series. Right. But I suspect that that's going to be Damien. Cause oh, because Damien... you and I were talking on DM about yeah. Damien's turn. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. it just like everything that you're talking about here. It's like it sounds very cool and original, right? Yeah. And and that's something that's difficult to do with a lot of these characters. You know, the few characters that you talked about here, and it's it's intriguing to the point where I, I feel okay with Bruce Wayne and Diane and and Superman taking a step back and allowing yeah. some of this other stuff to happen, right? Um, I think that's where well Marvel arguably had some it or issues where people said, Nope, that's not my Iron Man, that's not my Thor, that's not my Captain America, right? Yeah. And it seems this approach I think lends to the idea of, of allowing these things and these stories to be told without having to full stop strip these characters down to nothing. Like, like the original kinda, characters. Yeah. Like it, it just feels more organic and it's like the new characters feel like they earn their place because of the legacy. Mm-hmm. And so they're building on what their predecessors did and they're stepping up. They're not replacing them. It's not kind of, we're just race bending Bruce Wayne. It's like, no, there's an actual story. And they've kind of built up why the Foxes would be the family to take the place of the Waynes as the protectors of Gotham City in the regular book. So it's like if you jump, do the time jump, it's like, yeah, it makes perfect sense that it's yeah. going to be Luke or Luke and his brother that become Batman or Batman um, to look after the city kind of thing. Right. And even with Diana, it's like, yeah, within her society, she's she's moved to a different place where she can no longer be the Wonder Woman with the mission to man's world. So Nubia, her sister, has to step up and take that role. And then the role that Nubia had, this other Wonder Woman from the Amazon has to now elevate her game kind of thing. So it, it just feels like, yeah, it, it feels more natural kind of thing where it's mm-hmm. just like it's a passing of the torch kind of deal yeah. and yeah see yeah. and i love that because that that reminds me of like what bendis was doing with the ultimate run when mm-hmm. the ultimate run was dope when it's like if someone died you stayed dead and so like yeah. when they had like ultimate follow and like peter parker died spoilers but it's an old book now but when peter parker died against the green goblin uh miles was already bit by the spider he already had the powers but he didn't want the responsibility because there was already a Spider-Man. But <laughs> like you just mentioned, Carlos, like he had to step up to the plate once the Spider-Man was missing. And then he became Spider-Man and it felt organic and it made a lot of sense in that universe. And that is really cool, but that's been lost in his transition to the 616 universe in Marvel Comics now. But with what you're seeing here with this new event, it's really cool that they're taking those steps with every character to get that level instead of just like shoving it down your throat and here they are. So... I'm totally on board with this. I just think that's like a really genius idea in today's comics. I think it's, I just think it's cool. Yeah. Like it's, it's interesting. Like even ones like, so Aquaman and Mera are gone. I don't know what happened to Aquaman and Mera, but like Jackson Hyde is the new Aquaman and he has to raise their, like 
preteen teenage daughter kind of thing. And so it's like that's they built him up already as like an aqua lad and t- took him through this journey with Arthur. Right. And then when the need comes to raise his daughter, it's like you feel you feel it's appropriate that he's the guy to take that responsibility on and move it forward kind of thing. Right. And nice. Yeah, it's cool. Like in like tons of diversity, both sides of the ledger yeah. kind of thing, yeah. like lots of writers from all over the world yeah. and from all walks of life. And the characters are pretty wide spectrum too. So it's like, yeah. What more yeah, can you be... ask for to, for a, a way into DC comics, into an event, right? Yeah. Like I, I think in kicking off the year with it, I think it's fantastic as well. Like it's, it's very cool. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. And this is something that we're going to have to really keep our finger on the pulse on as we yeah. we get through the next couple of months and start to see more of this roll out and really into the first part of the year discussing it in a little bit more detail, right? Yeah. Um, this this really warrants something on, on this scale, this magnitude, really warrants us taking a deep dive into it over the next couple of weeks, of course, but even into the early part of next year where I can make a commitment maybe to, to read some of this. Maybe the Batman stuff has definitely got me... Yeah most intrigued i will say what's going on there and so very exciting very very well, exciting worst case it's four books right yeah exactly yeah 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 exactly not 50. Not 50 yeah <laughs> yeah <laughs> absolutely amazing guys well we're gonna pause this discussion for now we're gonna put a pin in it and we're definitely gonna have to revisit this next week i think and talk a bit more about characters like shazam black adam and a few others that i know will get i'm not sure if they're one shots but they will at least get a story out of this i believe in -hmm. some capacity characters that we're going to see on the big screen as well as characters that we're likely to see expanded a little bit in in comic book form as their popularity grows and so let's do that because we got to get to something else here guys before we end this episode and and that's the mandalorian it's mandalorian season two guys the hype is real it's built we've waited for over a year for this and I'm extremely excited to get back to Star Wars. And I'm extremely excited to get back to this character in particular. Season one was a, a massive breakout success, not only from a Star Wars perspective, given what the community has gone through over the last couple of years, but it, it also was this astounding success on, on a technical basis as well. And we've seen some of that chronicles in some of the gallery stuff and what they're able to do with this, and what they're able to do with this character from a, a story and from a, a technical perspective, really pushing the envelope as George Lucas has continued to do from the beginning of, of really the Star Wars saga. And this Friday, we get to, to revisit and go back into the world of the Mandalorian and, and really start to embrace what is going to be a, an expansion of story in Mandalorian season two. We saw a lot of focus in season one on the character of the Mandalorian expanding out into some of the supporting cast. But some of the rumors we've discussed here in the past really points at this, you know, really exploding into a, a full blown multi narrative type of storytelling. We saw some of that in season one. Uh, but with Floney really taking the handle here and Favreau really expanding this post Return of the Jedi time frame. It is very, very exciting. There's even talks of the first episode that we're going to see here being around 52 minutes long, um, which is it's going to tell you that it's going to leave you a whole bunch of dangling threads that they're going to pick up in subsequent episodes. Because the other awesome thing about this, and we touched on this right before we started recording, is this is coming out in eight subsequent weeks. We get one episode a week. I love that they're doing this. It's not this binge through and, and kind of consume it all. 
but the final episode comes on December 18th. This would be equivalent to chapter 16 of the Mandalorian uh, story. But December 18th, and I think the thing that's significant about this is we get our Star Wars at Christmas time, guys. You know, something that I've loved the tradition that we've all pulled together. And I think as a community really pulled together about seeing Star Wars in around Christmas, this being this event style thing that we do as we build into the holidays. And the fact that we get to see the season finale, which if we if it's anything like season one season finale, it's going to be another massive episode. But 18th is really the time that a Star Wars film would be dropping. And I think that's really cool that we get to see these every single week for, for two months, but that it ends on the 18th. It's, it's kind of gives me the feels a little bit, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so let's, let's talk about the hype and anticipation before we get into some of the Mando Monday reveals and then some of our predictions. But Troy, th- this, this is something that I, all three of us loved and yeah. we've been chasing action figures like crazy. But what, what is your actual hype level and anticipation for season two of The Mandalorian, given everything that we've seen and contextualizing everything coming out of, of season one there? Oh, my hype is huge. My hype is huge. I'll, I'll go back to the season finale of Mandalorian one, season one. And I watched, I watched the, obviously I watched the episode and I was like blown away how good it was because me, I always liked the show, the series, but I found it was episode six and the last seasons. So episode six and the last couple episodes. There's eight episodes. Am I, I believe so, yeah. Yeah, so the episode six, seven, and eight were the ones where I was like, wow. And when I finished yeah. episode eight, I immediately called you. I called Tim, and I was like, dude, mm-hmm. I'm on my way right now <laughs> to the comic shop to get myself a Mandalorian hot toy. I'm pre-ordering this because... Yeah. <laughs> This thing blew me away. Um, that final one, it it came together. It really came together so well, and it solidified to me Taika Waititi being phenomenal at telling the story um, and playing in the sandbox of Star mm-hmm. Wars. And so my anticipation level is obviously huge. Um, another thing too is just being the fact that I'm a big Force guy. I love Jedi's and Sith, and leaning more towards in this season that we are trying to find the home and the family, or at least the ones that are like the child, which is obviously force users, which would be Jedi. I think that's a really cool adventure to go on. And someone that's such a fish out of the water, like the Mandalorian to be the one to have to deliver the child to the Jedi, which Ahsoka, I mean, most likely um, if she identifies as a Jedi at this point, maybe if it's, we gain that cool, like kind of reunion of like Ahsoka, with Luke, which would like technically be like almost like Luke's aunt in a way, because Ahsoka's that thread that connects us all from yeah. the prequels to the OG to the sequels, and then even the Mandalorian, right, and the Clone Wars. So I just I just can't wait to see where we go in this. Uh, the Mandalore lore obviously is so cool too. The dark saber, there's so much history that goes on there. So ending that episode or that finale with the dark saber mm-hmm. it just opened up a whole can of worms like what's going on like that was last last left in uh book arms right or hands so um my mind is just blown off that last episode and i just can't wait to see where they piece it all together um I'm, i only imagine the effects are going to get better from last time um I'm, I'm sure the budget's bigger than last time yeah. and last time the budget was huge already as is but um i just think um season two man it's season two is gonna be like um it's gonna be like donkey kong country two donkey kong country one was dope but when he got donkey <laughs> kong country two in it was like it was like another level man and i i feel like that's where we're going right now with this uh with this season i'm totally in i'm hyped yeah 
Oh man, yeah, the yeah. hype is is definitely real, and I think with your comments about the budget and all that, I think the thing that's more unique about this season is they've established the technology, they've yes. established techniques and the suits and all this stuff, and so a lot more money can go, I think, in into the CG of it, into making it crisper and cleaner. Yes, I'd yes. say like some of the episodes you could, it's yeah, hundred million dollars a lot of money, but yeah. when you're trying to tell forty five minute long stories with a lot of star wars-esque type of of uh, i guess visuals yeah that you need a lot of money to do that yeah and there were some you could see where they cut some corners like it was beautifully done but i think this is going to come off even more cinematic than than season one because they've you know maybe fixed and tweaked some of the bugs they did have in whatever that thing is that the visual center i can't remember what it's called that warehouse the cube though, or right? whatever that it was crazy. yeah yeah, yeah. it's 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 going to be unreal i think how good this is going to look yeah now now carlos this is something i don't know i can't remember did you jump right on board with season one or did you follow it up a little later i was later like yeah. we didn't get because i think you guys are coming up on your one year with disney plus pretty quick here right yeah yeah and i didn't get disney plus like my youngest asked for it for her birthday so we didn't get it until like end of February, March okay. kind of thing. So yeah, I think it was done by the time or just finishing by the time I got to it type of deal. Yeah. And so, yeah. so yeah, you're coming out a little later, but you jumped on the train and you thoroughly enjoyed it and you expressed it here on the podcast. And then you came, you became, you know, obsessed on the hunt and we finally got our hands. Well, not physically yet, but we've, we've got the purchase in and they're sitting in a, in a warehouse somewhere of big bad toy store. But it's real, and we're going to talk about like how now we feel about that actual figure. Now, what's been released, but <laughs> yeah, they're paid for. Yeah, exactly. But what's your anticipation level? What's your hype level for for Mandalorian season two? Coming off your experience from season one, and kind of the deeper dive you've done into Star Wars over the past year or so. Man, I uh, to be honest, it's catching me kind of off guard that it's like days from now or hours from when some of you are going to be listening to this recording that we're getting season two because yeah i watched it kind of at the outset of getting disney plus and i fell in love with it right away and i was like hey they put batman in star wars but they just <laughs> called him din whatever but um yeah. yeah like i love the mandalorian hardcore it is like my favorite star wars thing ever type of thing as a wow. newish type fan and uh yeah, it was it was cool and I thoroughly enjoyed it. And then like my oldest daughter, she kinda liked baby Yoda stuff. Every time we saw it, she's like, Ah, he's so cute and yada yada yeah. And it's like, Well, yeah, I'm not buying you anything because you haven't watched the show. So we just like within a month finished re watching it from beginning to end again. And I never watched shows twice. And I thoroughly enjoyed every single episode of The Mandalorian the second time through. And like the Mandalorian love is real in this house. Like I, uh, I'm actually using her computer right now. And when I logged onto it, like my avatar is a Justice League as it has always been, but hers was the child. <laughs> <laughs> but like done so that like his pram fits like the circle perfectly type of thing. So, yeah, and she's got the Black Series figures and the yeah. Mando on the speeder bike, little Imaginex type guys or whatever. Yeah. And, uh, awesome. Yeah, man. Um, just so excited to share this with her real time now and yeah, catch that's... these episodes for the first time. And 
yeah, that, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be special, I think. And um, yeah, like Troy said, the the Jedi are what makes Star Wars unique in the pantheon of kind of sci-fi fantasy. So it'll be cool to see this character that they've established has really no knowledge as to what the Force and Jedi's are outside of just the history of conflict with the Mandalorians. Um, him going through this journey and kind of <laughs> learning about them and then kind of negotiating his way through dealing with them. Like, I'll be curious if they play with any dark side of the force type of things. And I'm glad that I did the deep dive into the Clone Wars I did because yeah. I think that's going to benefit yeah. me with the Darksaber stuff. Cause, yeah, 100%. Uh, yeah. 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 I know the background of that now. So, yeah, no, yeah. that'll just elevate the storytelling that you're going to see put to the screen. I think you could probably get through without it. But ultimately, to understand the history of that saber and its significance to some of the characters that are rumored to be in this, it's mm-hmm. it's going to make it that much better. Yeah, definitely. Oh, wow. it's uh, I'm right there with you guys, man. I gotta echo those comments. Is my hype level is is next level for this? And I agree with you, Carlos. This kind of snuck up on us a little bit. Yeah, you know, we have been talking about it and seen the trailers, but. It just seems like all of a sudden, finger snapped. October's over, and here we are mm-hmm. with with the Mandalorian. And I, I've already got everything set up to to watch it. And we've been do, doing the rewatch, and it's been really exciting to to revisit some of the stuff because I've only seen it the one time through, and then seeing it again here and, and revisiting some of those those key episodes, like you said, Troy, those last few episodes, especially mm. the season finale with Moff Gideon and yes. and what was revealed there with IG eighty eight and. And the child, like this is going to be a huge focus and bringing in, I think, major threads that, that Filoni is going to be championing from the perspective of the Clone Wars and what he's left out there. It, that excites me even more. At yeah. first, I was like, okay, I want to see the Mandalorian. I want to step away from, you know, the, uh, the, the status quo of Star Wars. And I think the first season was, it did really well at that and made it, but it's going to make it feel all these these things like the Force and the Jedi, I think, and I got a feeling it's going to be very organically brought into season two. It's not going to be feel, not going to feel like full stop, okay, here's the Jedi, here's this, Mando take a back seat. We're going full force with this yeah. because the child is our number one seller for merchandise. <laughs> like that thing is on everything. So I, I'm super, super excited for this. And I, it, it's it's something that, yeah, we've been looking forward to for almost a year now. Yeah. to get this this follow up and they're already talking about the you know season 3 is is meant to start shooting in in 21 early 21 so wow. very yeah. very exciting there and to, and to go along with that hype and to build the hype train of of Star Wars always has to come the merchandising guys they're not quite doing Force Friday or Fandom Friday or whatever they had called it but they're doing Mando Mondays and mm. Mando Monday really kicked off this past Monday and it's going to be happening every Monday for the next two months. Really, as the show is coming out, we're going to get merch drops alongside it to some degree. And I don't know what else they could reveal because there's a pile of stuff. Everything from like hand sanitizer to, to coffee mugs to socks to whatever you can think of. <laughs> They've slapped the Mandalorian face and the child face on the side of yeah. it. We didn't boxers. see a boxer. Everything, right? Yeah, <laughs> got to represent, you know, every on every piece of you. That's, that's a little inside scoop to our DM conversation yeah. a little while back there. <laughs> <laughs> but it, it's crazy because we didn't see this type of merchandise build up to the Mandalorian last time because they were so hush hush on everything. 
and we didn't know the child was coming. You know, I think there's a lot of rumors that there's going to be a baby involved, but not quite to this, uh, this species. And so this is a completely different beast this time or this go around with the merchandising because we're getting all this stuff early. We're getting insight into that. Maybe not exactly what season two is going to be, but we're getting a lot of that season one merch kind of being dropped on our on our doorstep here. Everything from the Black Series to the Vintage Collection, we're seeing Moff Gideon, the armor, and all this. And we saw some of this at Hasbro PulseCon, you know, really building into the Mandalorian and the Black Series in a big way. And we had some more reveals from the Black Series, and one being two, actually two deluxe sets. The first one being this remnant scout trooper on the speeder bike with the child in satchel. So this is, uh, what's his name? Jason Sudeikis, Sudeikis character, the one that was punching the, the child there. So we'll get to see him. This is just, of course, this reusing what we've seen in the past, the scout trooper and all that, throwing a bag on him, a little bit of a wash. But it's a it's a cool piece, and it's something that, uh, because I've committed the Black Series and the Mandalorian, something I'm definitely going to have to buy here. Amazon exclusive. Amazon US exclusive. I don't know if they come to Canada or not, but I gotta get my hands on this at some point. But the other big one was the Mandalorian Deluxe set. Now, this is interesting because this is a bit of a head slap moment because <laughs> we've been chasing this Beskar Mando for quite some time. And we finally get our hands on it. Not physically, but we've got the purchase they're paid for. We paid for them. <laughs> then they drop this Deluxe Mando, which I think, to be honest with you, is the first deluxe figure that I would consider a true deluxe where you have the Mandalorian Beskar, a bunch of uh, what looks to be the, the Beskar tablets and all this, but then you get the, what is the black series child with the pram, the jetpack, and everything. So this is a really cool deluxe figure. One I'm really excited about. And I guess I got to hold on to this other Mandalorian for now and see where this comes out. But, but Carlos, man, like seeing both of these Black Series figures, one, you're going to get your hands on the Scout Trooper. Two, what are you going to do with that Beskar Mando now that we have an even what looks to be an even better iteration of the character and the helmet comes off? It's not yeah, coming off in the I, collection, but cause it looks no, yeah, off I don't underneath. think the, the helmet's coming off mine for <laughs> based on that uh, Maxwell Lordian head yeah. sculpt under there but uh yeah no i i'm good on the scout trooper but uh yeah you know i uh i may or may not have after hearing about uh this deluxe mandalorian started doing a bit of poking around as to uh, best ways to do custom paint on figures and whatnot and uh I, I might have some plans for for this first one that we bought and and we'll see how different they are yeah um once we get them in hand and stuff like that. So like the helmet comes on and off the deluxe one. Yes. As opposed to a head swap. It looks like it's a helmet on and off. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I, well, they've had a hard time yeah. with those. Yeah, they didn't work so well with um, Django, the first yeah. Django. Yeah. Yeah. The helmet so, almost sometimes looks out of scale because it has to be, you know, a certain size. Yeah. I've only ever seen it work where the, with the helmet on something is the Captain America, Marvel legends, the first Avenger, but it was a head swap to a hair that was basically like a buzz cut right. as opposed yeah, yeah, to yeah. flowing hair. So they cut down the size of the hair and allowed him to, to put the helmet on properly. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah th his face kind of almost looks a bit melted <laughs> in the images I've seen. Yeah. So yeah, we'll see. Like Mando is just so cool, man. I don't mind messing around and mm -hmm. the, the second one will be worth it to get the, the pram and the Yoda yeah. and stuff. And, like I know my kid wanted a Mandalorian anyways, so 
worst case, I can just give her the the lesser yeah. of the two Mandos. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and then also they revealed here is the what they call the retro collection. So it's going back to that three and three quarter inch vintage style. That's yeah, 70, 78, I guess through to the the eighties there where they did the original trilogy in this style. They've gone back and done some retro collections for episode four, for episode five, for the empire celebration this year. And now we're actually seeing new figures. The only other new figure we've gotten is of course is Tarkin that was built into that first wave, but these are, are, are a complete redesign for the most part, except for maybe the IG-88 of new characters in this retro look. Now, Troy, yeah. what are your thoughts on this retro stuff? And then also skipping back to the Black Series here, seeing the Scout Trooper, the Mandalorian, the Deluxe set here, and these reveals on the retro collection, is is your Mando collection going to be expanding a little bit beyond the, the amazing hot toy that you acquired here last week? Um, yeah, so with the Black Series, I'm, I'm, I'm going to pass, um, not just because it's a Mando thing, but the Troopers. I only, I only deal with, uh, Clone Troopers. Those yeah. are, those are my guys. So <laughs> I'm going to pass on that one. Um, and then for the dual pack Mando, I'm, I'm good, man. I'm, I'm down with expanding my Mandalorian Black Series collection outside of just the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. So if you're giving me like a Moth Gideon, um, then I'm there. Right. But I don't need another, for me, I just don't need another, another Mandalorian. Um, but I am intrigued by the three and three quarter, mm-hmm. um, like that retro card. I think that's cool. And like, never mind the haters. Like, I've seen some people hating online on Instagram when I saw the posts, and I was like, just don't buy it. Like, exactly, it's kind of cool. I think mm-hmm. it's cool. Like, I would like to see this go all the way back to Phantom Menace, Attack yeah. of Clones, Episode Three. Like, give it, give it to me all, man. I'll take all these guys in that cool, simplistic looking form from that '78 Kinner line. I think they look great. Um, I've never been one to um, participate in the whole collecting of that retro line, like the originals. Mm-hmm. Tim, I know you have like a big, a yeah. big line of it, and it's cool. But for me, like to jump in, I just like being able to collect these guys in card. And yeah, I think the Mandalorian looks cool. I love um, Cara Dune. Yeah. she looks cool. <laughs> Hers is hilarious. And, and, like Moth Gideon, like they all look so, and Baby Yoda. Like it must be like on. this big. Like the he the Black Series Yoda is like an inch tall. This thing must yeah. be like. <laughs> so tiny has tiny has to be tiny but that t- completely caught me off guard i had no idea they're gonna go this way um because like you mentioned already right the only thing the new design we've had was uh the tarkin right from that that game board so no that one that one has me i definitely want to get my hands Is, are those amazons or those targets like i don't really know how they're I don't know either, and yeah. the, the issue is here too. They could be Target exclusive in the states, and there's something completely different here. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure we'll rough. see them yeah. in in probably into 21. They might be a bit delayed. I'm not sure if these are meant to come out prior to the end of the year. But I'm right there with you, man. Like this retro stuff, I had no idea it was coming. Caught me off guard, and I I, I agree, man. Give us this line, but go away from what we've had before because that yeah. most of the stuff. I have it in the original, like the 78 stuff, right? Yeah. And I liked the concept of, I got them up behind me. You guys can see them. I love the card back. I love them as collectibles. But doing this in a unique style with unique figures is really cool. And I'm right there. When you said Phantom Menace, I was like, yeah, Yeah. give me a Jarger. Give me a Maul. You know what I mean? Like, how cool would that be? And the the cool. Yeah, it'd be amazing be amazing and the cool thing about these mando ones too is like grief cargill moff gideon and mando they have like the leather like jackets with the big yeah. kind of like collars on them Pop like that a- collar exactly yeah. a la like the originals 
this is really really cool and this to me like they've got the vintage collection stuff that they've been doing and i know kyle's been picking those up and you've got the armor moth gideon all this coming out but this to me is even more of a unique piece like beyond that that true more highly articulated three three quarter inch figure this is like yeah very very cool throwback i've seen some people i think even snap there's someone that painted an original boba fett to look like the mandalorian and cool. it's cool to see this actually being a product that they're putting out there. So I'm I'm for sure all in on these guys. Yeah. What do nice. you think of that cape on the on on the the Mandalorian? Like the collar. That was the only thing that kind of like threw me off a bit. Yeah, I think that's because they're trying to give because that's what like Vader looks like. Right. Right. In the original stuff, and so I think they're trying to give a fair representation to if this was uh, made in, in that Kenner line, this right. is what like the capes and collars. Cause like Leia has this collar on it. Vader does. Oh, uh, ben Kenobi okay. does. They all have capes that look like this. And so it looks kind of goofy on the Mandalorian <laughs> in this, but it's, I think a, just a true representation of, yeah. of what they're trying to reflect in the retro series. I, I dig that. I dig that. Yeah. Carlos, any, any, any need want for the retro collection? Well, when you sent that, it, the DM, I just happened to be sitting on my couch next to my daughter. And I was like, hey, look at these. And she looks and she's like, I need that baby Yoda in my life. So <laughs> when you're doing your order, you'll have to hook me up with, for with sure. one more of those. But yeah, I'll probably just get the child for her mm-hmm, and yeah. and be cool with it. But I think it's an awesome idea for all the reasons that you guys listed. Like, it's wicked. Yeah. But but I'm uh, I'm low grade man. I just need to get a black series Mando and start there. I, yeah. I got to learn to walk before I can run. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, let's let's cap the episode off, guys. The the prelude to the Mandalorian here with some chat around predictions. You know, we've seen TV spots. We saw that that fantastic NFL crossover. Guys, I'm being sarcastic. That was really weird. Really, really weird. Yes. Um, yes, but but let's talk about predictions, and we've chronicled a lot from the rumors to some of the confirmations with Rex, Ahsoka, you know, even the likes of Vance Cobb, maybe Sabine, you know, what we've seen for the end of season one that we've talked about with Moth Gideon in the, in the Dark Saber. Troy, what, what are some of your predictions for for season two of The Mandalorian? Hmm, I don't have really much, man. Um, I mean. I think you can you can kind of already assume that Ahsoka will pop up in the whatever episode Dave Filoni writes, one of the yeah. later episodes. Five, I think. Yeah, episode five. So I'm sure she'll come through. Um, the rumor is that uh, what's his name, Aquaman's dad, uh, has been cast. Obviously, right? Um, yeah, I can't remember his name. Tim Timur Morrison. Yes, and, and if I had to put my money on it, because nobody really knows who he's going to play, if I had to put my money on it, I'm going to say he's playing. Um, Rex, Captain yeah, Rex. I agree. I, I think I think that's who he's going to be portraying in this in the series. Um, I think Carl Weathers, Mando. I think he's going to yeah. pass. I think I think he's done. I think Ooh. this is his last season. And that's my dude, but I think he's out after this season. So I think he's going to get killed off. Um, I think we might get a mention of Luke. I think I, we, we have Luke Skywalker. Look, we, yeah, you can't do this. Yeah, with, like you can't say go find the Jedi. Yeah. And not talk about at least the only Jedi yes. <laughs> in the galaxy, right? Like exactly. It would be, to me, a gross oversight to not just mention, like, do we take him to Luke? No, I don't want to take him to 
him. I want yeah. I want to explore this avenue. Like, or at least allude to the fact that there's someone other than the only Jedi in the galaxy. Exactly. Yeah, because because you'd have to imagine like Ezra might still be out there missing somewhere with, yeah. with Thrawn. I think you're gonna have to have a mention of like Master Skywalker, maybe at this point, or Jedi Knight Skywalker defeated Palpatine and he's he's out there he's starting his academy like I think we gotta get a mention of Luke man I it think seems that like the obvious so place cool. for Mando to start by taking exactly. to his, his kind exactly. and there's got it there might be a reason that he chooses not to and I'm okay with not seeing Luke yeah but I think they have to tip their hat to it a little bit they have to man, <laughs> he'll be there that's what they were filming it wasn't Falcon and Winter Soldier reshoots <laughs> It was just Sebastian Stan putting in yes. that work as Luke. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Preach. Preach. In the no, green and, room. I, and I think um maybe maybe to catch people up just in case, I think we might get some kind of mention of uh Tarvisla. Uh the first mm-hmm. and only um well not only, but I guess yeah, the first and only um Mandalore Mandalorian Jedi to wield the Darksaber in the first place. I think it'd be pretty cool if they either gave us like uh, caught uh, caught us up to speed with like his backstory, or there's just some mention of him with the dark saber. I mean, the dark saber is obviously some sort of focus, um, therefore because they brought it back uh, at the end of that season. So I think it'd be kind of cool if they brushed up and made that continuity, that synergy between Tarvisla and the Clone Wars, the Rebels, um, and bring that up. I think that would be kind of cool. Yeah. So that's where i go maybe we'll even get a mention of maul obviously maul's gone at this point but just i was literally just thinking that (laughs) you know what i mean but just hearing like the dark saber's gone from like here to here to here right so yeah man that's i don't really have any like crazy like plot lines in my head or Mm -hmm. anything just kind of like key names or people that we might hear not even necessarily see yeah Yeah. what what about you carlos man what is what is something that you want to throw on the table that we can maybe discuss in a few weeks as as being right or wrong uh with predictions for season two Oh man, I like I don't even know. I don't even say anything and embarrass myself after Troy like with all the deep cuts there. That was <laughs> that was incredible. I was just like I don't even know what that is, but it sounds cool. <laughs> so so I think my big contribution is going to be uh yeah, Sebastian Stan hanging out in the warehouse there as Luke. Oh. Uh, I actually don't think that's going to happen. I hope but it'd so. be it'd be sweet though. Oh, it'd be, really it'd be cool. super sweet and easy way to do it and throw the fans a bone kind of thing, but uh yeah, it would be cool. I if I if I have a prediction for this season, it's that it's going to end on like a cliffhanger, cliffhanger, not just like the plot thread, like the dark saber in season one. It's going to be some kind of like holy smokes! I need to know what happens next. When is episode one of season three dropping? Type mm-hmm. cliffhanger, like maybe Mando getting separated from the child, or who knows? But yeah, I, I all the minutia predictions can come from troy but that uh <laughs> that uh ham-fisted one is, is mine yeah. that we get a big cliffhanger in that final episode well, they got you it any, they, you gotta do you think any sequel trilogy stuff like we're getting a season two um do you think we're gonna bridge the gap any sequel trilogy first order the 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 maxine warriors from bloodlines like do you think we'll hear any kind of little i don't we're gonna think stay away so. from it i yeah. think for at least season two they'll stay a bit away from it yeah and and i think that's the right decision for now because definitely there's there's enough stuff for them mm-hmm. to to take up here and some of my predictions like i think we're gonna see in a similar fashion to what they did with the flashbacks for the mando's kind of origin story 
I yeah. think we're gonna see the Mando Jedi War stuff play out a little bit here. Oh, yeah. of course. Of I course. think they have to more inherently link those those two things, especially with the child and the Mando, seemingly coming from very different worlds, but actually kind of rooted in some sort of commonality. I think would be cool. Um, and using kind of flashbacks to tell a bit of that story because I really think they're gonna run with, and we've talked about this too, about the, those two huge properties that they can run with on film, right? And doing like a Mando Jedi prequel type of, of film. And what better way to start seeding some of the ideas of here and seeing like, here's the fallout from that. But we're going to go back and revisit in some sort of like Taika Waititi series on film, yeah. right? <laughs> you know, maybe. Yes. Who yeah. knows? So I think they're going to do some of that. And I really think that they're going to use this opportunity to backdoor pilot in Ahsoka show. And I think the child is going to end up in that show. Cool. I, I don't know how long they can run with the thread of the Mandalorian run around with the child. I think that to, to make this season kind of like this, this arc of the child, I think to make it not extend and, and belabor the whole point of, of the Mandalorian and him or whatever it is, it, I, I think they have to have this handoff in some capacity in this season. Like, I, I don't think they can continue to draw this out into season three. I think they have to go somewhere different with it. And I think handing off the child to Ahsoka into another series allows them to continue with, with the child as kind of this major merchandising thing and continue that story without having it just tied to the side of the Mandalorian. They can do different things and they can run with Rex or Boba Fett or Vance Cobb or, or dive even deeper into the lore of Mandalorian in season three and the dark saber and all that. Um, because I, I, don't know if we'll get a full resolution even on the dark saber in season two. I think that's going to go beyond into something bigger for season three and really going deep diving into the Mandalorian stuff and stepping maybe a little bit away from the Jedi stuff and letting Ahsoka in a series like that run with, with the more force Jedi type thing. Um, that That's kind of my big prediction for this is that they'll, they'll part ways at some point and you'll see, Ahsoka rise to the top and you'll get your Jedi fix, Troy, in yeah. uh, season one of Ahsoka. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so I don't know. This 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 is the thing too. Like they they hammered us with a, a crazy reveal in episode one of season one, and I'm expecting the same. You know, we could talk for days about predictions, and there's a good chance that we may scrape by a couple that are just by chance or right. But ultimately, I think that the the guys and the, the people that are contributing to this are are, are just going to deliver something absolutely incredible here. And I cannot wait to consume this. And guys, we're going to be talking about this next week. Episode one, we're probably not going to do a week-by-week week breakdown. Um, we may take a few pit stops along the way and break down a couple episodes or some important arcs. But we'll definitely be doing a, a big discussion next week on episode one. Uh, we'll invite Sonny along to just sit here and, uh, you know, throw <laughs> throw a few quips in here and there. But no, I'm just kidding. But uh, yeah, we're going to be breaking that this down in, in a big way next week. See episode one for sure. And then, and then picking up some of the threads as the series drops over the next eight weeks, building into that season finale on December 18th, just before we get to episode 250 of the Nerd Room, guys. We're building into that, building into the end of the year. Of course, we've got WandaVision dropping here in a month's time-ish. 
And there's, of course, DC Future State. We're going to be picking up some of the yes. threads from that. Spider-Man 3, guys, we are cooking all cylinders as we run out the clock here in 2020 into hopefully a more hopeful and uh, more digestible year in 2021, guys. But with all that, hope you guys have enjoyed this episode talking about DC Future State, Mandalorian, Spider-Man 3, and of course our weeks in Nerd. If you guys like to be a bigger part of this show, like our man Grabs is, he's got a question on tap for us, and we're going to get to that maybe next week. Uh, we had to put a pause on that for this week because of what we had to cover, but we're going to get into it, Grabs, promise, and looking forward to, to tackling that one. But if you'd like to do more of that, you can always email us at thenerdroom at gmail.com. You can find everything that we do over the nerdroom.net, as well as over on Instagram. As Ben mentioned a few times here, you can see some of the recent hunts, including the Mandalorian, Mr. Freeze. I'm going to chuck up some of this Ghostbuster stuff there too, so you can enjoy alongside with us over on Instagram. Uh, what else do we got here, guys? That, that really wraps it up, except for a big shout out to man, Rob Wade, for endorsing this podcast on emotionally14.com. Find everything that he does over there. And, guys, next time we talk, we're going to be on the other side of Mandalorian Season 2, Episode 1. So really looking forward to it, guys. Really, guys, enjoy Tag us on Twitter if you want to get that conversation going. Be mindful of spoilers, though, because not everyone's going to get to it at the same time. I'm assuming by the end of the weekend, you'll see full spoilers online. But if you want to talk, jump in the DM. You know, fire something up. We can chat there. Uh, but just make sure to tag things with spoilers and don't spoil it for other people because this is something I think people like to consume spoiler-free, or I know that. And uh, let's keep those spoilers to a minimum online or an absolute zero at least for the first couple of the days. Yes. So... We will see you guys. Troy, I got I gotta ask one question though before we sign off here. Can I can I have it, man, right before season two? Come on. <laughs> Mando. Ah, makes me feel so better. I can't wait to hear Carl Carl uh, Carl Weathers spit that out. <laughs> Looking forward to it, guys. And with all that being said, for the nerd room, I'm Tim. I'm Troy. I'm Batman. Yeah. And PS Joker Three Jokers Book Three is amazing. Yes, we will get into that next week because I have both of them right in front of me. Awesome. <laughs> I haven't read them, but we will get into it. So thank you very much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, or wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.